Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ritman Grace Podcast. We hope that it will encourage you as you seek to follow God and grow in your faith. If you would like to know more about our church, you can check us out at www.ritmangrace.org or feel free to email us at ritmangbc at aol.com. But for right now, let's get into today's message. This is indeed a very unusual Easter Sunday. I was thinking it's probably been close to four decades that um, I haven't sung the song Christ Arose with Joan Anderson on the piano and in the past Dottie Brown playing on the organ. Um, It'll play through my mind though today and you can do that too. If you want to sing along, go right ahead. We've been looking at the uh, seven sayings from the cross that Christ has given. And today we're on the last one. Crucifixion was the Romans' way of punishing their slaves, foreigners, and criminals. It was probably the most agonizing death that a cruel age could devise. In Luke chapter 23, verses 44 to 46, it says this, It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. Crucifixion typically took four, maybe six days. In Jesus' case, it took six hours. The darkness was over, the payment for sin had been made, and now he was free to release his spirit to go home to his father, home in paradise. Earlier, he had told the gentleman on his side that today you will be with me in paradise. In a short while, maybe even within the hour, that would become a reality. I want to just take a step back and just think about what's going on here. How did all this come to this? What did Jesus do? Well, he went to a cross. How'd that happen? How did it come to this final event? Who's to blame? We live in a society today where everybody wants to fix blame to something. So who can we put the blame on here? Well, no doubt we could blame the leaders, the Roman government, pilots, the soldiers. They certainly played their part. The Jewish religious system, the chief priests, the religious elite, they certainly had a part of this. The mob, a week earlier, there was a mob gathered that was shouting hosannas and welcoming Jesus, hopefully as a king. Now there's a mob that's gathered together, crying out to crucify him. I don't think they're the same people, but there's still a large number of people who were certainly there, who have their share of the blame. What about you and I? We certainly are to blame for this because Jesus' death was an atonement, a payment for sin, and that's where you and I come in. That's our sins. But there's so much more behind this story. 
Christ died as no other person had ever died before. He was murdered at the hands of wicked men. Yes, that's true. The Father, God, sent him to the cross. That's true as well. But it's also true that no one took Christ's life. He gave it willingly. That's definitely true. Remember in John chapter 10, not very long prior to this, Jesus said to his disciples in verses 17 and 18, The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. So actually, and ultimately, Christ was in complete control of this. Which then asked the question, why did he do this? What was going on in him? Why did he allow this event to come about? Uh, that's the amazing part of all this. Let me ask a question to you. Have you ever committed a completely unselfish act? Uh, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to say, at best, maybe rarely. I think most of us would probably have to say no. But Jesus did. Jesus committed a completely unselfish act sacrificially. No one took his life. He willingly offered it. He gave his life. From the very beginning, his very first recorded words, remember when his parents came back to the temple looking for him, and he said to them, Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? From the very beginning through the end of his life, Jesus cared about one thing, and that was doing the Father's business, achieving his purpose, fulfilling his divine mission. It's interesting as we read how the gospel writers, those who knew Jesus, many of those who had seen him <clears throat> and were eyewitnesses, it's interesting how they described that last minute or two of Jesus' life. They just could not bring themselves to use the word died. They all would say his spirit went into the hands of God. The gospel writers describe his last moments a little bit like this. Matthew said in chapter 27, verse 50, he gave up his spirit. Jesus, Mark 15 37, it says, Jesus breathed his last. In Luke chapter 23, verse 46, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then in Mark, or in John chapter 19, verse 30, with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. I'm interested in Luke chapter 23, verse 46, where he said, I commit my spirit. I release my spirit to go to heaven. 
I dismiss my spirit to go back to the Father. I yielded up my spirit to go to God. Jesus was in total control of the entire situation. No one took his life. He voluntarily laid it down just as he had told them he would do. This was a deliberate act of his sovereign will. This was God's plan from the very beginning of time, that Jesus would redeem, buy back his own. Everything about his crucifixion was exactly purposeful. The day, even the exact moment, the ninth hour, three o'clock in the afternoon, exactly when in the temple, the Passover lambs were going to begin to be sacrificed. He fulfilled his final duty. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the way that John the baptizer first publicly introduced Jesus and called him the Lamb of God. And at this moment, he is fulfilling that duty as the Lamb of God who was sent to redeem this world. The Apostle John later, when he wrote his uh, letter of epistle, said that he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, but not only for ours, but also for the sins of the entire whole world. Jesus was the effective payment for everyone's sin. Salvation and eternal life is just there for the asking from anyone, no matter who they are, no matter what they have done. I'm interested that uh, in recent years, there's been a, a phrase that's been used in our culture to describe a lot of the different religious organizations. For instance, uh, you read about faith-based. Uh, a lot of times to you know, categorize a religion as being faith-based. But the truth is, there's only one faith-based religion. And that's faith based in Jesus Christ. It's all on the work of Jesus. It's not you. It's not me. Charles Spurgeon, great preacher of yesteryear, probably about 130, 140 years ago, said this. My entire theology can be condensed to just four words. Christ died for me. Wow. That's pretty powerful because that is what everything is based on for our eternal life. Um, everything you and I believe in order to someday go to the presence of God our Father is all based on those four words. Christ died for me. And this death was not an end, but it was the beginning of a new hope, a new relationship, a new dispensation, a new era for all of us, because Christ died for me. Well, what were the results? What are the results today of what Jesus did, his death? 
Jesus voluntarily gave himself into the hands of sinners. Now, he voluntarily gives himself into the hands of his Father. Everything has come to pass, exactly as he said it would. Everything had been perfectly fulfilled according to God's purpose. Whosoever will may come. That has been accomplished. Anyone and everyone are welcome to come to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ, through the cross. Our sins, all of them, have been completely covered by the blood of Jesus. We would have never known the height and the depth of Christ's love if he had not died. Nor would we have ever been able to guess at the Father's deep affection for us if he never gave his son to die. It's called grace. It is God's loving us and giving us what we don't deserve, unmerited favor. <clears throat> and then the resurrection that Pastor Clark read about, that glorious Sunday morning. The resurrection was God's seal of approval. It guaranteed our victory over death. Jesus shows us that death, in reality, is the entrance, the portal, to the presence of God. So sin had been conquered. Death had been proven powerless. This is the greatest moment of victory in all of history. And he burst forth triumphantly from the grave just days later. The resurrection declares and guarantees that Jesus Christ is God. So what will you do with that? What do you and I do in response to the fact that Jesus Christ is the risen Savior? God who loves you and brought you back to himself. Doesn't he really deserve to be the center of our lives? the center of all that we do and all that we base our hope on, our faith-based relationship with him. Does not matter who you are, does not matter what you've done. Jesus walked this painful journey to the cross for your sins and for mine. Today is Resurrection Sunday, Easter. Wouldn't it be a great day for you and others to find new life in him? Let's pray together. Lord, indeed, we are thankful today for a love that we cannot even begin to comprehend. A love of sacrifice. A love that ended not just in a sacrifice, but ended in victory. And as your children, Lord, we pray that this truth would strengthen us, would give us encouragement, and help us to be steadfast in you. And Lord, for those who are not yet in your family, we pray that they would come and experience that great gift of eternal life that is only found in Jesus Christ, so that they too can sum up their life by saying, Christ died for me. Thank you for the cross. 
Thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you for the gifts that you give to us to live in your strength and your power. Today, we praise you and exalt the name of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Ritman Grace Podcast. If you have questions or would like to know more about our church, please visit www.ritmangrace.org or email us at ritmangbc at aol.com.